0: Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Today, our producer Jessica Blaustein-Marshall and I talked to Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, noted cookbook authors, about their top five tips for throwing a dinner party.
1: Well, one of the most important things is to plan in advance by knowing what your guests like and don't like and what they eat and don't eat. Yeah. So I think it's really important to be able to say when you've invited people over, hey, is there anything you don't like? Is there anything you can't eat yeah, for medical no reasons? Cilantro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no cilantro. Yeah, no cilantro. Because there's nothing worse than... I don't like
2: to taste feet. No <laughs> cilantro. <laughs>
1: I mean, there's nothing worse than working you know, all day on this great dinner and then have people push food around their plate and they not want to eat this one course. And so know who know who's coming over and keep notes. You have a little book, so you know what of your friends likes what, so that at some point you don't have to ask them anymore. And you know, and you don't have to remember, just write it down. Every third or fourth party, ask them again, because people's tastes change. And, you know, last time they like goat, and this time they won't (laughs) like goat, so you never know. (laughs) Look, we were invited over to someone's house for dinner a few weeks ago because he had just slaughtered a rooster. And this guy kept chickens, and he wanted to feed us all the innards. And uh, he said, come over, and I'm going to give you the heart and the lungs and the gizzards. And Mark went over by himself. <laughs> <laughs> Report back. It was fabulous.
0: You guys make a great team.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you couldn't eat rooster. I thought it was too gamey. Oh, no. Well, of course, these were del- all the innards,
1: but you could eat it, sure. These are
2: del- it was delicious. I mean, it was
1: traditional but- coco vin is rooster. You're yeah. eating rooster with red wine braised a very long time till it get it tender. But it's strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you need all that red wine and herbs and prunes and carrots. Uh-huh. Mm, I want cocoa Van now.
0: Can <laughs> <laughs> you stop on the way dinner? home and get that, or is that something you have to yeah, do, no, no, plan for? Actually,
1: we have weekend guests coming, so we'll be having a little dinner party tonight, and one of them is a vegetarian. So I had to put away all my hopes of beef tartare <laughs> and pate and Sweating smoked ribs hunks of meat. And instead we're having a lot of recipes from our book Vegetarian Dinner Parties.
0: So you have a book on that already though. We, we do. do.
2: We do. So I think another thing that's really important when you plan a dinner party is the playlist. And I think playlists are very Crucial to dinner parties. I make playlists for all the dinner parties. He's responsible for that. But I have to say two things about making a playlist. I think there are certain rules. First of all, about a playlist, if you have musicians coming for the evening... Don't make a playlist. What's going to happen is they're going to get distracted by the music. Musicians are distracted by it like crazy. And they can't do what I can do, which is that I can listen to music in the background and still carry on a conversation with you. They're going to start to focus on the music over there and drop the conversation and drop everything. So I say if you have musicians, leave it out entirely. And also remember... Who's coming? So, like, you know, it's cool if I've got my Brooklyn friends coming up and we all listen to, like, 40s classics, but it's not cool if my mom's coming because <laughs> my mom's going to go, oh, I remember that when I was 40, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to talk about I my it. I did it, Tommy Dorsey. Ah, but what I did. <laughs> so you kind of have to think about who's coming in terms of the plot. I wouldn't want to have crazy headbanger music, and I also wouldn't want to have crazy atonal 21st century art music. You know, they I want
1: to. I want to
2: try to. I want to try to keep it uh, in the realm of melodic and soft and quiet because I want it to disappear into the
1: background. And to help it disappear into the background, I kind of always request when Mark puts his list together, nothing with lyrics. When they're yeah, singing, I don't want to hear singing. We're trying to talk at the table, and if someone else is talking out of the speakers. <laughs> it gets in the way then I'm going to want to listen to the lyrics so unless they're in another language then I don't care I mean if they're in French or Italian or something I don't speak so you can match up fine. the
0: lyrics with the dish you're having well, well
1: now that requires
2: a level of planning that I cannot imagine <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm trying to think what about. would you do for the Sichuan dinner party I don't know what's happening in China <laughs> music scene the these Canada. days <laughs> um, <laughs> <oy. That> is- <laughs> So, really? it's also not Chinese. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> supposed to be listening per se right so, <laughs> so
0: how long of a playlist do you mean uh it depends on the dinner
2: party art bruce's uh, notion of dinner party is different from a lot of people's in that his notion is sometimes eight and nine courses and it lasts three and a half hours so it lasts a long time it's all plated it's all done like a restaurant it's very uh, elaborate so you can imagine i gotta have a four-hour
1: playlist for that uh, and he changes it. So the mood of it changes through the mood of the I evening. Do. So it starts out very up, and then there's some quiet. You know, we get a little blue, and then he brings up the tempo. We get a little blues. We don't get a little blue. <laughs> we get a little blues. But when you think people's energy is going to start flagging, then he's got to pick up the tempo again. And uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Cool. And
2: then you kind of let it fall out. And generally, I try to fall out with like Bach preludes and fugues, or something that is very baroquey, keyboardy, and it just kind of Ends out the night that way.
1: So, as you can hear, one of the things that we definitely do with dinner parties to make them work is we each have very assigned roles. I do the Parker fo- House. I, I mean, I'm the chef in our duo, and I do the cooking at dinner parties. Um, Mark is in charge of the table, and the table is always amazing. And I've walked into the dining room and found that he has covered the table in bricks and sand and, balls. and billiard balls Bill your mouth. he'll find the most strange things <laughs> in the yard or in the woods or in our basement or in the garage and he'll just make an amazing table i mean we have a ton of dishes so you never know what kind of dishes will go with that like the terracotta plates go really great with bricks but like the old lady china went really good with some of that sea glass you found so He's in charge of the table. He's in charge of the music. He's in charge of choosing the wines for the evening. But I'm in charge of the food.
0: Gotcha. Now, how early do you start planning for it? Hmm,
1: hmm, planning months. for dinner.
2: <laughs> well, no, no. It, it right. has been. It has been generally planning for a dinner party for us involves a couple days because it, it involves a shopping trip. Obviously, but... well, that's
1: a physical plan. We're talking about. I'm talking about the just the thinking about the menu. We uh, okay. we throw a menu back and forth for dinner for weeks. That if we know that people are coming over in the beginning of June for a dinner party. We'll start throwing menu ideas at each other now. And it might morph into other things like we had a we had a big dinner party in February. Mark said to me in January, I want to have a big old French bistro cliché dinner party and let's invite these eight people over and i was throwing menu ideas at him for weeks until we finally got it down to the you know the steak tartare and the the salmon gravlax and the chocolate soufflé But i want to say i want
2: to say something because you know we are professional cookbook writers and that's what we do for a living and you're a trained chef and so we can pull these things off if if someone is just giving a dinner party for themselves for the first time and they're making a pork tenderloin and a salad, let's say, that's what they're doing. And is that maybe two they're... courses or one? Stop. <laughs> so they're just making a pork tenderloin and a salad and let's say they're going to have two courses and they're going to have some smoked salmon and some cucumbers to start and then they're going to have a pork tenderloin and a nice green salad that's and lovely. that's going to be the dinner. Yep. Listen, the thing about all of this is don't Stress. No. The point, the point of a dinner party, no matter how fancy it gets, is that the food disappears and it becomes about the relationships of the people at the table. That is what it becomes about. And that's where it has to
1: stay. Well, the food disappears after they all say how good it is. No matter
2: how (laughs) interesting the food is or how elaborate The point here is to gather people together and feed them, which surely has to be one of the oldest human responses that there is. And it's supposed to be about the people there. So it's fun to be as crazy as we get, but you don't have to be that crazy. (laughs)
1: No, and as Mark said a couple of days before, for the shopping and the prep, the pre-prep, don't save everything for the day of. Anything you could do ahead, even if it's slicing your apples that are going to go on top of a salad that morning and putting them in a bowl of lemon water to keep them turning brown, do it. Anything you could do ahead. Or go to Trader Joe's. They have the pre-sliced apples in a bag that don't turn brown. Save yourself a lot of trouble because, as Mark said, the food is important, but it's not everything, and you shouldn't stress out. So don't bring the food up to your absolute level of ability. Keep it slightly below so that you're comfortable.
0: All right. Now what happens afterward? Who cleans up?
1: Well, we have a system
2: of cleaning up that we've developed over the years that is absolutely insane, how we clean, and I honestly believe that we have the whole place cleaned up before most people get home. But... Well,
1: Mark clears the as you know. So part of the deal, part of our <laughs> part sad. of our chores, I bring the food out and put it in front of everyone. Mark clears, so he times the meal out. He decides when he's going to clear, and then I can go. This get is anything. for a plated, coursed affair, and he'll run the dishwasher a number of times during the meal. So he's in the kitchen putting those plates in the dishwasher. And so by the time we get to the end of dinner, even if we've had six courses with six plates and six forks and six knives, he's already run the dishwasher twice.
2: It's true, but I have not cleaned. No. And that is the difference. I cannot stand people who serve me food and then stand in the kitchen washing pots Mm -hmm. while I'm sitting at the table like my grandmother would do. I cannot deal with that. Listen, I save the pots back. This is literally, I rinse the plates and throw them in the dishwasher with some silverware and turn it on. This is not
1: cleaning up. But it keeps the sink empty so that at the end of the night, we could bring the dessert dishes in, all the wine glasses. That's right. Because with eight people and six courses, we could have 48 glasses to be washed. But
2: you know that when you give a dinner party you're going to be cleaning. I yeah. mean, there's just no way around it. You're going to clean dishes. And that's part of, I think, that you have to see it not as your chore mm-hmm. if you're interested in doing this kind of thing, but you have to see it as part of the gift that you give yeah. to someone. They don't have to clean up.
1: And Do not you let, let do them it. either. We have a rule that no one is allowed to touch anything. And I like that rule. Even and your, I, mothers? No, you no, your no, mothers? No, 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 no. And so... My advice is don't let your guests help you. That shouldn't be. Cleaning up is is not. Let me say the whole. It's your gift. Let me say the whole
2: rule. The whole rule is uh, you don't touch a thing at my house and I won't touch a thing at your house. And I'm not
1: (laughs) even going to offer. So there you go.
0: (laughs) What about leftovers? Are there there ever leftovers at your dinner? Well,
1: sometimes, but because everything is plated, they always make a little extra and depends on how much I liked it, whether it goes on with people or not. And also how much is left. I mean, if I've made short ribs, and there's five short ribs left, and we had eight people coming over, ten of us at the table, I can't necessarily offer some to everybody, so then we just have it the next day. But my
2: favorite story about leftovers is that we had half a pecan pie left once, and that it went home with somebody. And and you know who you are. And it was a (laughs) snowy, snowy New England night, and we have a very long, quarter-mile-long driveway that's uphill, and she took half a pecan pie, and her husband was driving. They got almost to the top of our driveway, and they slipped off and slid off the driveway into the ditch at the side so now they had to walk down we had to try to dig them out etc but in all this exchange of bringing them down they came back walked back down and bruce said well where's the pie plate and now they had to admit that they had eaten that half a pie before they got to the top of a
1: quarter mile drive is that why they slid off the uh... (laughs) (laughs) no silverware no napkins they just ate a half a pecan pie
0: was it on their face? or? Uh,
1: no, it should have been, though. You'd think at that speed that it, you should have had some crummage somewhere, but there was no crummage. But if you want to send people off with something, um, don't count on leftovers. One of the things that we did in our book, Vegetarian Dinner Parties, is talk about this, that what you can give people. And we put a recipe for granola at the end of the book. And we said, make a batch of this a week before and put it in little cellophane bags or little canning jars And let everybody leave with a a nice thing of granola, and then they have breakfast for the morning. So you've given them something to take home, but it's not leftovers. It's actually a really nice gift.
0: That sounds great. Thank you for being on our podcast. It's our pleasure. That was Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, noted cookbook authors. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein and Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge.